Today's scripture comes from Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, we do have a special treat uh, this morning. Um, before I invite Reverend Tay Cho to come up, let me just briefly uh, introduce him uh, to you guys. He's been a good uh, friend and a gospel partner over the years, and currently he's serving at a, a church locally here in New York called um, North Shore Community Church, and he's been there for seven years, uh, serving as education pastor. Brother loves the Lord, loves the gospel, so as he delivers the word, I pray that he will really speak to your hearts and that God will encourage you. Thank you, brother, for coming. Good morning. Um, it's a privilege to be here this morning. Um, sad that I won't be at my church worshiping with my family, but um, it's still good to be here with uh, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, first of all, let me thank uh, Pastor John. Um, John and I have been... Um, I guess we've known each other from our seminary days and uh, continue, continue that friendship. And then now we're both in New York serving God together. So I'm grateful for that, um, grateful for the opportunity that he has given me to come and lead you guys into time of worship and learning of God's word together. Um, why don't we bow our heads and pray one more time before we start this morning? Father in heaven, we want to give you praise and thank you for all the things that you are giving to us. And Lord, as we now turn our face and fix our eyes on you and in your word, Lord, I pray that you will send your Holy Spirit upon this place and each and every individual that who are sitting here, that through your ministry of your word, that you will encourage them and that you will soften their heart. And as they receive the word, that your word will come as a power to them, and that they will be able to use this word and what they're about to hear into their daily lives and be able to live for your glory alone. So, Lord, I thank you so much for this time, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, it's a very short passage that, um, that I'm going to be preaching from, but I think it comes from a greater context, right? Uh, it's coming from the greater context of Jesus teaching his disciples and his people how to pray, right? Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, before I go any further, um, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question in a, in, along the line of when you pray, how do you pray? When you pray, how do you pray? And what do you pray for? Um, I think prayer is a very hard topic in a lot of times with, for a lot of believers. And I, work, I have worked with teenagers, with youth group, for the past about uh, 18, 19 years now. Um, I might look a little young, but I'm a little aged in a way. Um, I don't know, um, I don't know how, old, how old you think I am, but uh, I am 41 and um, and uh, I have been in ministry, especially dealing with youth, because that was my calling that I received from God. And I'm, I am I will continue to work with youth until I retire, or not even retire until I die, because I love that age so much. But my high school teenagers often ask me, Pastor Tay, how do you pray? <laughs> right? That's the million dollar question that all these teenagers and middle schoolers, and sometimes even children, ask me. You know, how do you pray? 
Now, a lot of times I will bring them to the Lord's Prayer. And today I want to focus our attention to verse 10, which talks about the two petitions. What the first one is, your kingdom come. And then the second petition that I'm going to be dealing with is your will be done. And my sermon title is titled as God-Centered Prayer Life. I don't know about you. I've been a Christian all my life, right? And when I was going to church, I always prayed in my prayer list with like a similar to something that of grocery list. Do you guys feel that way too in your, in your lifetime? That you have all this list that you put up, put in, and you, you, you list them. God, I want this in my life. God, I want that in my life, right? And over the years, as, as I was growing up, I noticed that my prayer list changed. When I was little, I always prayed about getting the best toy. You know, when I was growing up, the biggest toy that you could ever get is the Transformer figurines, right, where you could transform the little figurines, right? That was my, 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 my dream gift, so I always prayed about that. And then as I got into middle school or, or elementary school, I grew up in New York City, so one of the things that you pray for is to get into specialized high school, right? <laughs> right? God, I want to get a great grade to take PSA, uh, SSAT during that time. I don't know what's name. What's, I, don't, I think they changed the name now. Wild Bag used to be uh, named as a SSAT, and you pray that, God, I wish I could get the grade that I could get so that I could go to Stuyvesant, right? Right? How many of you pray that prayer, <laughs> right? And as you get into high school, how does your prayer life change? It changed to what? God, next thing is SAT, <laughs> right? And after you get to college, your prayer changes to what? God, I want to I get married, right? I want to have kids. I want to have children. I want to have a good career. I want to be able to live in a nice, you know, 3,000 square feet house with a three-car garage, right? I have lists, all my prayer lists, and I could think about listing and listing and listing. And I realized that's the bad way, and it was the wrong way to pray to God. And today, when we come into our text, it is telling us how to pray. I once read a statement from an unknown author who wrote regarding Lord's Prayer. And the two petitions that I'm dealing with, he wrote something like this. He says, I cannot say your kingdom come if I cannot, I'm sorry, if I'm not doing all in my power with the help from the Holy Spirit to hasten that wonderful event. And he also says, I cannot say your will be done if I am disobedient to his word. Think for a moment what that, those two statements is saying. And let me ask you again, a simple question. When you pray, how do you pray? What do you pray for? Does your prayer life go hand in hand with what you believe to be true and how you're living your life as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a disciple of Jesus? Jesus teaches us in verse 10 and reminds us to think about when you pray about the rule and reign of Jesus in your life. Do you think about that? How often do you think about that when you pray? 
A lot of times our prayer time and our prayer life becomes so ritual, right? I still, I, I still do this many times. I have three kids. My oldest is seven. My middle child is five. And my youngest is four. I mean, I'm sorry, three, just turned three. And whenever we eat together, I pray this super, very superficial prayer, right? When they were very little, I taught them how to pray in, in song, like Korean song, right? right? You, you, you teach them about that song, and as they grow older, I just pray. And my prayer, even for the meal, it becomes very woody in a way that, God, thank you for this meal. In Jesus' name I pray, <laughs> right? And, 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 and we, we go through these terms of life. And I want us to think, more clearly about what Jesus is teaching his disciples and to you today. ESV Student Bible calls Christians to pray in the, in the study note. It says, Christians to pray and work for the continual advancement of kingdom of God here on earth. How many of you think that you're praying and your, your prayer life is that way, that you are th- constantly thinking about, God, I want your kingdom to come right here, right now. It also states that God's kingdom in this age refers to the reign of Jesus in the hearts and the lives of all believers and to reign in the presence of the body of Christ, the church. Genuine believers will include uh, increasingly Reflect Christ's love, obey his laws, honor him, proclaim him, the good news of the kingdom of God. This is the very thing that Jesus wants when you pray. And I think this is a big conviction that I have received as I was studying this passage. And as I teach children and teenagers about what prayer ought to be. And when we go to that other petition that we're dealing with today, your will be done. This is that you're asking God for, for you to be a follower, to have ways of, 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 of wanting to please God in whatever ways and shape and form. That you are seeking after for the will of God and the teachings of God every aspects of your life. You know, one of the hardest things that my youth group kids oftentimes tell me is, is Pastor Tay, I can't be a Christian 24-7. I can't think about God when I sleep. I can't think about God when I wake up in the morning. I can't think about God when I go to school. I can't think about every portion of my life because it's so hard. Yeah, it is hard, but that's what God desires for us to do. So with, the, with that in mind, I want to draw to your attention two quick points. So the first point that I want to draw to your attention is that you need to seek for God's kingdom when you pray. And the second point is that you need to seek God's will in your prayer life. So the first point, how can I seek God's kingdom when I pray? Well, there's a huge issue. Because there's a battle in our hearts when we try to pray for God's kingdom to come. Why? Because there is God's kingdom versus my kingdom. 
right? There's an issue. There's a constant battle between my kingdom, what I want to do, and how I want to live, and everything has to go around the way that I want the life to be. Versus what God wants his people to be and to live under. Don't you think that's very true? That I am a very self-centered person, and I only think about me, myself, and I. Right? Don't you do that in your life? I always think about myself. Right? Other people come second when everything else is going well. Right? But, but what God is telling us today is, is that we don't think about our kingdom being fulfilled, but we want God's kingdom to be advancing and going forth from here and on and continues to go on. I share with you that I'm, I'm a little bit older in age, but you know, I, for those of you that who remember, there's, there were certainly a lot of slogans that some of these like fast food places made. You know, do you guys remember the slogans that McDonald's used, used, used to use a while back? Does anybody know? McDonald's. I'm loving it. Right? I'm loving it. Right? What about Burger King? Burger King. Have it your way. Yeah, that's right. Have it your way. Right? What are these fast food places trying to do? They're trying to make you into what? Serving and gratifying yourself as the main king of your kingdom work. Right? Isn't that true? What else is better for you to go to a, a, a restaurant and say, have it your way? Right? Don't have it my way, but have it your way. Or when you go in and, and say McDonald's and when you eat that unhealthy, right? It's somewhat unhealthy to eat Big Mac, right? And you're biting into that Big Mac or, or a quarter pounder with cheese, right? And you're like saying, mmm, I am loving it to the fullest, right? That we're constantly battling with the fact that we want my kingdom to dwell rather than God's kingdom to dwell. And I want you guys to think about that this morning. When you pray, are you really praying for God's kingdom to come here right now and his kingdom to go forth from this place? Or are you still praying about, hey, I want what I want and what I need for myself and for my children? You know, I do this with my children growing up. You know, when my first child was born, because I was so selfish, I was so selfish in a way that I wanted my sleep, right? I, I see a lot of, like, babies here and a lot of children here. Parents could understand, right? When you have newborn baby, one of the things that you lack the most is sleep, right? And you want to be able to sleep a long period of time. So what do you do? I learned from one of my friends that when your child goes to bed, try to feed him as much formula as, as possible so that he doesn't wake up, <laughs> right? And you know, what I, you know what I used to do? I used to feed my, my, my son and my daughter and my other son a full bottle, right, extra thick, and, and start drinking. And, and by the time it comes to about halfway done or, or three-fourth way of done, my son and daughter start to gag, saying that I'm, I'm full, I'm full, stop feeding me, Right? And then what do I do? No, you're not done yet. Eat more. Finish this so that I could get my sleep. Thinking about myself, 
my kingdom, right? And a lot of times we do that with other things, especially in, in prayer. And that's one of the things that I want to kind of challenge you with you today. And what we see even in the beginning, starting from the beginning of Genesis chapter, th- uh, chapter 3, we read about the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God gave Adam and Eve the perfect kingdom, right, for them to dwell. And God said, you could do whatever you want and eat whatever you want, but do not eat from the fruit of the knowledge of, uh, from the tree of the knowledge of, good, knowledge of good and evil, right? For when you eat it, you will surely die. What happens? Satan comes, right? The serpent comes, comes to Eve and Adam and say, did God really say this? Satan enticed them to fall and to create their own kingdom. And you know how, do you guys remember how Satan tried to um, tempt Adam and Eve? Satan says, when you eat of this food, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Wow. I'm going to be like God. I'm going to be like in the same kingdom as God. Like God. And what did they do? They ate of it. And the sin of life comes in. What are some areas in your life that you have this constant battle of serving your kingdom and praying for your kingdom rather than serving and praying for God's kingdom? And maybe today's the day that we need to come clearly before God and and seek for forgiveness and change the way of our thinking and our prayer pattern and really centered on that prayer. I, am, I was blessed by your announcement. Ladies coming together to pray. Wow. That's great. And for us to be in that and thinking in that. And I think we are at the age and at the spiritual level that we need to grow up and grow even in our prayer life as well then you might ask, how can I pray for God's kingdom? Then what is God's kingdom? And how does it look like? And how can I understand God's kingdom? Well, let's take a look at what God's kingdom is. Or another ways that the Bible uses kingdom of God oftentimes is used as kingdom of heaven when you study the gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, four gospels, and John. Right? And he deals with the idea of kingly rule of God in the lives of the people and the nation where God's people dwell. It refers to the recognition of the authority of God. Are you recognizing the fact that God has the ultimate claim on you and in your life and in your family and in your church? And this is the very kind of prayer that we need to be bound in. That there's an authority in God. And that's what the scripture is bringing forth to us. And that's what Jesus is establishing as he has came, as he has come to this earth to die on the cross for your sin and for my sin. God wants you to think about the ways in which that God's God's rule is evident in your life.
And I want you guys to start thinking that God's kingdom is not coming later on. God's kingdom is already here right now. Why? Because Jesus has won the victory over sin and death. And you, and you guys probably heard this term because you guys are going into Reformed Church and Presbyterian Church, a term called already and not yet kind of concept, right? Kingdom of God is here right now, but not yet here. It's, co- it's going to come in the future. And that's why we need to continue to pray for that kingdom to come. Is your desire for God's kingdom to advance and, and, and for it to come right here, right now? As Jesus had claimed, or as Jesus claimed you by individually that who are here today. And then it doesn't stop there. As you learn about God's kingdom and praying for God's kingdom and God's kingdom to advance, it's another part that I often didn't realize that I need to be praying for. On the other side of praying for God's kingdom to come, one important aspect that you need to pay attention to is that is that you need to be praying for Satan's kingdom to what? To be destroyed. Does that make sense? Have you ever prayed a prayer that, God, I want Satan's kingdom. God, I want the sins of this world to be gone so that your kingdom will continue to grow in this knowledge. If you look at Westminster Shorter Catechism, question regarding this very Lord's Prayer, it says this, In the second petition, we pray that Satan's kingdom may be destroyed and the kingdom of grace may be advanced ourselves and others brought into it and kept in it and that the kingdom of glory may be hastened. Are you praying for Satan's kingdom to come to an end as you pray for God's kingdom to advance? the sins of our lives, the sins of this world, the way that Satan entices people to go against God. Are you praying for that? Are we as individuals praying for that very thing to happen? And I think this is one of the important aspects of praying for God's kingdom to advance in this world. Guys, one of the things that I love doing is I love going on a mission trips. I've been leading, I've been, I've been <clears throat> leading mission trips for the past 18 years. Uh, some, some years I have led like two to three mission trips at a time because of the churches that I was, going, uh, I was ministering to. And um, I remember my first mission trip as a, as a college student. It was a trip to Kenya, right? And it was in the uh, mid-1990s and when I went to Kenya, I had to have a, a, a change of plane in Amsterdam. And we had about 12 hours of uh, 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 a flight, um, inter, uh, flight um, how do you say it? Flight um, layover. Yeah, that's right, layover. Thank you. Flight layover. So a couple of our, our, our buddies decided, to, hey, let's go venture out into Amsterdam. 
So we, we went out and we, 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 we took the train and we went to the city and we went to um, various places, but we looked at a lot of church buildings and we went into those church buildings thinking that, hey, this is a nice looking church. Let's go in and pray, right? And when, as we went in, one church after another, those churches, nice, beautiful structures, churches were changed to museums or cafes. How sad is that? <laughs> that churches died over the years in Europe. Why? Because God's kingdom was not being prayed for and Satan's kingdom to be destroyed. And we're seeing that similar things happening even here in America. A lot of churches are dying and they're closing their doors because what? We're not centered and we're not praying for God's kingdom to continue to grow and continue to live and take its course and praying for Satan's kingdom to be destroyed. Think about the world that we live in today. A couple of weeks ago, our, our state of New York declared that there's, you could do abortion even up to what? The birth. Is that really God's kingdom when we think about abortion? No, it's not. Are we praying for those things to happen in our politician's life or in politics or in church or everywhere that we go? What we need to do and what we need to have is for us to be awakened and start praying for God. We want Satan's kingdom to come to an end. But we want God's kingdom, we want your kingdom to go from this point on to the end of the earth until you return. Are you really praying for God's kingdom to come? If you're not, join me today praying for that. My second point as we go into the second half of our text in in Matthew chapter 6 talks about your will being done, meaning God's will. So in seeking God's will, what you need is you need to be faithful and obedient to God's word and his teachings. And I hope that New Creation Fellowship as, you know, I have two friends that who are my colleagues from my, my, my uh, seminary days. I know that they're doing a, a, a godly way of ministry, teaching you guys to be faithful and being obedient. And when we need to live in that ways. And this is a very tall order for all of us and many of us. And it is a, one of the important life lessons that we need to learn. then how are we to live out for God's will? Well, the best example that we could find is is, is from the scripture. Who's the best example that who lived the will of God? Who is it? A lot of times, nine out of ten times, when when pastor asks a question, nine out of ten times, the right answer is Jesus, (laughs) right? It's Jesus. Jesus is the perfect example that who lived a life that was based upon the will of God. John, in, in, in Gospel of John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus, this is Jesus. 
saying, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. From the beginning, when God sent Jesus, when God the Father sent his Son to this earth, he knew what was going to happen. He came knowing. He, he came to do and carry out the will of the one that who have sent him. And Jesus was faithful to his call, and he was obedient to the very word that, Jesus, that, that God the Father was bringing forth to him. I want you to consider uh, what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 39 and following says this, And going a little further, he fell on his face on the ground and prayed, saying, My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus, at the Garden of Gethsemane, he knew that he was going to die. And he prayed a prayer. God, if, 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 if you could surely take this cup away from me, because this is so hard for me to carry. But I want to be obedient to you and be faithful to the reason why you have sent me here in this earth. And that's why he's saying, if this is your will, I will gladly do it. And this is the best example that we learn from that we need to be following after being obedient to the call as a followers as 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 sons and daughters of jesus as, as, as sons and daughters of god if jesus prayed this very prayer of following and having and being obedient how much more should you and i be praying for this very thing. Because Jesus is the greatest example. We have to follow after him. And another great passage that shows Jesus' full obedience is seen in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. And you guys probably know this passage because, you know, I, my old youth pastor, you know, told us that we have to memorize this, this, this chapter when we were going to mission trips because it showed the humility of Jesus Christ. And he wanted us and our mission team to have the same thing where he says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, what does Jesus do? He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. His life was fully obedient to the calling that God has set forth for them and we need to do the same thing what is the will of God what is the will of God for you individually what is the will of God for you as a family and what is the will of God for you as a new creation fellowship and how are you praying for that will of God to fully gain access and fully develop in this prayer life of your church and as individually and as family. It's kind of funny that, you know, both of this 
petitions, your kingdom come, your will be done. It has a same problem for every Christian that who follows. And that battle that we face is, again, what I said earlier in my first point, that there is your king, that there's, a, there's a battle between your kingdom and God's kingdom. In the same way, there's a battle between your will versus God's will. Right? We are in constant battle, fighting. Thinking that my way is the best way. Right? You guys remember my way or highway? Right? There's even a song. Right? It's either my way or the highway. And a lot of times, people see it that way. But a lot of times, because of the sin that has impacted our lives, our ways are not perfect. Our ways are, are trouble many times. And that's why we need to be focusing on God's way. And when you read Psalms chapter 18, verse 30, it says, God, your way is perfect. Because you are perfect. You are holy, and I am not. And I want to be able to follow after you. And again, 2 Samuel 22, verse 31, says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. Are you taking a refuge in him? As you pray for God's will to be done in your life, in your family, in your church, in the country that we live in, are we seeking for that? Are you seeking after that? And my, my, my greatest prayer for you is that you are doing that in your church life. Then how do we know the will of God? Well, it's easy. The will of God, we know it through the studying of the gospel. Studying of the gospel. Studying of the word that we have. The scripture. The 66 books of the Bible that God has given to us. is giving us a detailed ways and shape and form how we need to follow him and live for him and his kingdom work to be done. But many times, what do we do? We put the Bible in our back burner. Whenever trouble time comes, we come to God, seeking for him and his advice. You and I, we know the will of God through the very teachings that the scripture brings forth. I want you guys to consider Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, where he says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, perfect will. How do we know the will of God? He's teaching us here. One of the greatest ways that he's telling us is that do not be what? Do not be transformed. I mean, I'm sorry. Do not be conformed to this, this, the, the patterns of this world anymore. But what? 
be transformed in the renewing of the word of God. That you will re- we, we will renew your mind and the way that you think so that you know what the will of God really is. And when you look at Micah chapter 6, 8, it also says, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord requires of you. And the answer to that is to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your Lord. Are you doing that? Are you doing, are we doing this as individuals? Are we doing this as a family? Are we doing this as a church? What is your desire prayer life? Where are you going with it? My biggest fear for Christians today, a lot of times, is that they don't feel that way. And my biggest challenge that I want to give to you today, this afternoon, is for you to consider and think, am I, is my prayer life centered in God's kingdom and his kingdom to prosper? Or as well as, is my prayer fixed on and my lifestyle fixed on wanting to do the will of God? Of the ways that he desires for me to live. Let me end with this. Uh, one of the things that, this is what I got from my senior pastor, John Yenchko, um, and this is something that our church do whenever we gather together when we pray, and, and this is something that uh, uh, we have as a model of our church for individuals as, and as a family, as a whole church, as together. And when we pray, he's, he asks us to do three things. I don't know where our pastor got this from, but I think this is great. He says, number one, when we pray, we need to be what? Our prayer needs to be kingdom center. Like I said in my first point, our, it needs to be kingdom center. We need to pray about God's, unge- uh, God's agenda, not our agenda. We need to be praying about God's agenda, whatever we do. And then our prayer needs to be what? Front line. And what does front line mean? It means that you're interceding before those people that, who are struggling for your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in other places, in mission field for praying for missionaries, that you are in front line with them, pray alongside of them in ministry with your pastors, right? Front line prayer. And then third, your prayer needs to be prevailing prayer. It means that you can't give up. When you pray, don't give up. Pray consistently without ceasing until... God gives you an answer. So he, will, he will say yes, he will say no. Sometimes he says, wait, it's not time yet. But he will give to you. So my, my biggest hope for you guys today is to, to consider these two petitions that is found in the Lord's Prayer. And for you to pray for God. I want your kingdom to come here right now and your kingdom to advance in my family, in my personal life, in my church. And I want your will to be done in every aspect of my life. For this is the prayer that Jesus is teaching to his disciples. 
and to you now. If you don't know how to pray, this is a good way to start. Start praying for these things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for giving me an opportunity to come to New Creation Fellowship to, to share your word. Lord, may your word penetrate into our hearts this morning or this afternoon as we have listened to your word. Lord, we want to be mindful when we pray. Instead of praying with our lips and instead of praying from selfish wantings and desires, Lord, we want to be thoughtful when we pray and when we seek for your kingdom and for your will to be done. So, Lord, be with us. Lord, there's a battle out here. And we know that the battle is already won. But, Lord, help us to fix our eyes on you. And help us to walk alongside of you. Lord, I thank you so much for this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.